This is Too Much Grit to Quit. Sports personalities Shelly Till and Dave O'Hara bring you non-sugar-coated stories of the famous, not-so-famous, and everyday hometown heroes who have overcome adversity and incredible challenges to achieve success. Too Much Grit to Quit. Discover the key to unlock the chains that keep you from achieving your dreams. Please subscribe, like, share, and download today. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Too Much Grit to Quit. I am Shelly Till alongside my co-host, Dave O'Hara, and we are excited once again to bring you an amazing guest. I feel like our guests just keep getting better and better yes. each week, and, and and they've all been tremendous and, and wonderful, um, but... Dave, we have a pretty impressive young woman at a very, very young age, once again, who, in my opinion, has overcome, and this is life-threatening adversity. Our guest today on the show will be Jenna Fessler. You're going to hear from her very soon. Um, And as as I hinted, went through a life-threatening illness as a collegiate volleyball player and came out on the other side, but pretty incredible young lady, don't you think, Dave? Unbelievable. And uh, listeners, I would, uh, as Shelly has mentioned too, please go to either YouTube or just Google Jenna Fessler. And uh, Shelly's going to go into more what her award was about and how Jenna came into our eyesight and her story. So uh, great stuff. And so Shelly's going to explain all that and, and, and go into the next uh, two segments in this opening segment. But I also wanted to give you listeners a little update on Shelly and also myself professionally. I will be starting a daily show starting the first week of August, and I'll give you all that contact information. We're still a couple of weeks out, but Shelly has got some, not surprising, of course, but very, (laughs) very cool stuff. I mean, just, wow, knock your socks off type stuff. So I'm going to let you, I won't say any more and step on your intro, so lay it out for us. I just, and I could not congratulate you more when you told me this the other day. I just, I smiled and said, I'm not surprised, but mad props and major congratulations to you, Shelly. Well, thanks, Dave. I appreciate that. Yeah, Um, well-deserved, well-deserved. Major uh, life change in a good way, not not just turning fifty people. So <laughs> that's a big know, one. That's a big one. It's not just that. Good things can happen after you're fifty. Darn right. To tell you. Yep. I, I can. <laughs> uh, I can attest no. to that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just ex- I was offered uh, recently and accepted a. Really, this is a position of a lifetime for me. I'm so excited about it. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been blessed to do a lot of really cool things. But I will be the program and leadership development coordinator with an organization called Women Lead Change. And so if you all know me, you know that uh, creating leaders and empowering women and lifting up women is my passion. And so this organization stands for exactly that. In fact, it's the reason they exist. Uh, Women Lead Change is an organization that was started in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, Um, They actually started, their name was Iowa Women Lead Change, but they've dropped the Iowa part uh, and to make it more global. So it's actually referred to now as Women Lead Change Global. And their purpose for existing is to develop and advance and promote women in their organizations uh, to make an impact. And so I couldn't be more excited. Um, I will be directing eventually. They have a, a program, a leadership development program. Uh, training called the Ascent Leadership Program, and I will be running that show and coaching uh, aspiring managers, executives, and women in whether it's corporate America, nonprofits, um, politics, uh, university and college settings. So it's right in line with everything that I absolutely love to do. I will still continue to do my work on the Big Ten Network uh, as a women's basketball analyst and continue to do my speaking. Um, 
around the country and uh, spreading the message of leadership and women's empowerment. So kudos to, uh, I just can't thank women's, um, Women Lead Change Enough. And Tiffany O'Donnell, people from Iowa will recognize that name, is the uh, current CEO of Women Lead Change. So I am so excited to jump in there, um, and I will be starting on July 8th. Oh, I'll say this, and I said it earlier, and i got to say it again. Congratulations. Well-deserved. No surprise. And people... Listeners, we're going global, people. <laughs> so not just <laughs> they couldn't contain you anymore. Of course, you got to go global. Not not world, not nationwide, not worldwide. We're going global, people. So I love it. And Shelly, again, so you'll continue to still be based out of the uh, northeast or, or eastern Iowa area. Obviously, you'll be traveling a little bit more because uh, aren't they based out of Cedar Rapids? Is that right, or do they have a couple different locations where they're headquartered? Yeah, they have their headquarters in. Is in Cedar Rapids. Yeah, that's what I thought. They've yeah, got a location in Des Moines, but yes, I'll be basically based out of the Eastern Iowa area. Got it. Right here and and traveling, but you know I'm used to traveling. Yeah, I was going to say that's the no other, surprise. The other positive no surprise. is it puts me closer to Iowa City to yes. the University of Iowa, so I can go watch those men's basketball games. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> there is that, too, young Riley Till. But, no, and as you said, uh, too, with uh, uh, Tiffany O'Donnell being a Cedar Rapids former newscaster and news anchor, uh, I figured you'd be doing some Cedar Rapids, of course, Iowa City with the Hawks and then Des Moines, and then all, also around the area because we're going global. But, Shelly, again, fantastic stuff, well-deserved. And, again, I'll have more information on my daily shows. We'll still continue to do my Chicago Cubs shows, my St. Louis Cardinals and Iowa Hawkeyes shows, speaking of the Hawkeyes. But now we're going to blend that into a daily show. So that was kind of the plan from the very beginning. So, Shelly. Congratulations to you as well. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. I'm I'm very happy with that. A lot of my guests have said that too. My uh, cohorts in those shows were like, good, you know, and been a year in the making. So back to the daily like I was at Fox Sports Radio in Kansas City for a number of years. So I love the daily grind. I'm like you, Shelly. We're a couple of grinders. But let's do this. And and again, great stuff. Congrats to both of us. We're very happy. And and thanks to all of our uh, our companies that are working with us. But Shelly, I, I really talk about inspiration. You know, our stories are fun and, and we get a day to day. But, you know, you mentioned a key phrase or a hyphenated key phrase, life threatening. You know, yeah, it's grit and, and it's toughness and all this type of thing. But when your life is in the balance, and that's why if you'd again explain that inspiration award and our guest today, uh, Jenna Fessler, just blown away by this young lady's story. So fire away, Shelly, whenever you're ready. Yeah, Jenna Fessler. Uh, so the the Collegiate Women's Sports Award is who uh, they honor the nation's top um, NCAA women's athletes and kind of the criteria what they look for are athletes who display superior athletic skills, leadership, academic excellence, um, community service. And so Jenna Fessler from Thomas More University is a Division three institution in Kentucky as a volleyball player graduated from there. But. Uh, she is the 2019 winner of the CWSA Honda Inspiration Award. And when you hear her story, you are going to understand why she was given this award. Um, just a, a little teaser, she was on vacation with her family in Destin, Florida in 2016. Got bit by a mosquito. Like, who doesn't get bit by a mosquito yeah. on, the, on the regular, especially in, in the Midwest? But. And uh, that led to a whole host of complications, and she eventually found out, or doctors found out, the hard way, unfortunately, that she had contracted West Nile virus. And, um, yeah, and her story is just so moving, gut-wrenching. As a mom, I was listening to the story. I was watching video of her mother, um, and just the—she used two words that stuck with me, the pain and fear Mm -hmm. that just overtook her because you— 
as a parent, you're sitting there looking at your child in a coma and you, you there's nothing you can do. And you have no idea if she's ever going to wake up from it again. Yeah, you know, and, and being a father myself, and again, you being a mother, and, you know, her dad is interviewed in, in these uh, interviews as well, but that mother-daughter bond, and you could just tell, obviously, her dad was in pain and, and, and helped as well with support and, and everything else, and she mentions that off the air when we talked to her briefly, but, you know, Shelly, you and I talked off the air. Just being a parent, it's that whole not knowing thing, and you can just see the pain in, and hear the pain, see it in their eyes and hear it in their voices between her mom and dad, but in particular, her mom, because it gets to a point where her mom is actually in the same room or laying in the same bed with her just to keep an eye eye on her so uh, she doesn't slip into a coma and be serious and well it ended up happening anyway but I don't want to give too much of the story away but you know Shelly it's just so it, it's the little things in life and you know Jenna's case is a little different than some of our uh, last stories a few, last few stories because that's about people being vulnerable and admitting things and coming forward and saying hey I need the help or hey I'm going to help people in this case in a physical sense she just couldn't couldn't move on anymore and the body overtook and this sickness of West Nile with encephalitis and uh, meningitis just overtook her and so her vulnerability just overpowered her it wasn't her coming forward uh, and thank goodness and again we're going to get more into the story of her coaches and teammates but in particular her parents the rocks and anchors in her life but boy amen to what you said Shelly as far as being a parent or in this case a mother with her mom it's the whole not knowing that just tears us apart as parents and you know you related that to me off the air as well Shelly it's just that you can just hear and see the pain in her mom's eyes and hear it in her voice. Yeah, it's uh, a very scary, mm-hmm. you know, scary situation for them. And Jenna credits them for really being her rock and, and getting her through this very difficult time. But, um, yeah, it's just an, an absolutely incredible story, an incredible young lady who is going to use this adversity uh, to, you know, make life better for she's coaching now uh, as an assistant volleyball coach at a high school and I can't think of a better role model for young women to have um, than someone like Jenna who has experienced the worst of the worst life-threatening not knowing if she was going to live her parents not knowing if she was ever going to live to see the light of day not let alone continue her volleyball career so uh, an inspirational young woman and uh, we will share her if you guys want to follow Jenna Fessler um, her social media handles are in our show notes. So if you scroll down through the bottom of your app, there are show notes there or go to the link on our, on the webpage for the um, too much grit to quit podcast. And all of that is there. In addition to Jenna's social media, I should mention this, Dave, we haven't said this for a while, but we always ask you to subscribe, rate and review the show, which we greatly appreciate you do. But if you want to follow both Dave and I on social media, you can find me at Shelly Till, that's on Twitter or Instagram. And then there's a link in there that takes you to all the other fun uh, locations you can find us. But at Too Much Grit to Quit, the number two much grit, number two quit is our Twitter handle. And there's a link there that takes you to all of the other ways you can follow us and keep up with uh, what I'm doing um, in terms of my career, what Too Much Grit to Quit has coming up. And then, Dave, why don't you share yours? Yes, I was just going to say, and if you folks aren't careful, you'll get a former Cub great Bob Denier might hop on uh, Twitter with you instead of me. But it's at Cubs Alumni Chat, all one word, at Cubs, C-U-B-S-A-L-U-M-N-I-C-H-A-T, at Cubs Alumni Chat, as uh, the aforementioned uh, Cubs show that I do weekly with former Cub great Bob Denier. Bobby D and me do that show weekly. And and then also um, at Radio Keokuk is another Twitter handle 
you can reach me at, and that's where I'll be doing the daily show, and it'll also be uh, all throughout central Iowa. So basically from Omaha into past the Quad Cities into eastern Illinois, and of course online, uh, you'll be able to arch- we'll be able to archive that, and again, at those Twitter handles, we archive all our audio there and on Facebook as well. So all my links are there as well. And Shelly, you know, again, it, it's nice that you and I have the platform to talk about our, you know, professional happenings and our life stories, and we get to do that on a weekly basis. But, you know, with Jenna, it was interesting when we talked to her, talked to her off the air, and I don't want to give too much away of the interview again, but the one cool part that I just, I got a chuckle out of it, I'm like, uh-oh, Je- uh-oh, Shelly, we're, we're uh, here comes the future of America, <laughs> because, you know, I, I talked to her uh, briefly, again, we're going to have this on the air, but before we recorded, I asked her about, you know, academically, and congratulations to her, she graduated, and as Shelly said, she's going to be coaching and teaching, but then she also said, you know, the men's uh, volleyball is starting a, a program here at Thomas More University, and I'm going to be doing some broadcasting, so I said to Shelly, hang on to that microphone tight, Shelly, because here comes Jenna Fessler, so you'll hear all of that in this interview upcoming, but is that just unbelievable that she was still not only able, Shelly, to get back on the court and play volleyball, but finished her degree and got it and has a job outside of school, and she still can't get away from volleyball or Thomas More University because she's going to be doing some broadcasting, but uh, what, a, what a testament to grit this young lady is. She really is, and uh, you know, come on. I mean, you're an athlete, Dave. I've, I'm an athlete. We never call ourselves former. That's right. Uh, That's it's right. A, it's an addiction. <laughs> Sports, if you've had a, it, it's an addiction, and I've always said this. I've had some of my lowest of lows from playing college sports and some of my highest of highs yeah from playing sports and i yep. think uh, jenna fessler is is obviously exemplifies that as well and the fact that she was able to overcome what she did and still and actually it was that passion is that passion that she has for the game of volleyball that was able to help push her through and you know a lot of times I don't want people to get confused as to what we mean when we're talking about too much grit to quit. A lot of times people think grit means gritting your teeth, pulling yourself up by the bootstraps Mm -hmm. and just pushing through things. And while that is, you know, a a nice visual picture, really my opinion or definition of grit is being able to take off that mask and look at where you are and do the hard work that you need to do, whether that's physically, mentally, or emotionally to heal yourself in all three of those capacities. And it's surrounding yourself with good support. And it's having that passion, that purpose that's bigger than yourself that allows you to get to the point where you can pull yourself up by the bootstraps and get through that adversity. And if anyone has ever had to enlist all of those resources it's jenna fessler yeah and as you always like to say use the exercise that grit muscle grit muscle and uh use your pain for purpose but i love what you said about former as we wrap up this first segment here when you said we're, we're not former athletes we always will be and whenever i introduce bob Dunier again as my uh, friend and co-host at cubs alumni chat on a weekly basis i'll say former Chicago Cub and Gold Glove winning center fielder. And one time he joked with me off the air and he goes, I know I'm not currently holding that. He said, but Dave, I still have my Gold Glove trophy and I'm not giving that back. So <laughs> it's not former Gold Glove winners. So to your exact point, I, I love the spirit of an athlete or we all do because, man, we never want to give that up, do we, Shelly? It's like, no, there's no former involved. And so Bobby D, even though he's in his early 60s, is like, no, Dave, I still play in old timers or all you know, former player games as he starts laughing. He goes, God, I just called myself an old 
old timer, but <laughs> you know, I said, Bobby, it is what it is. Our age beseeches us, but young at heart and young in mind, and that's all we can continue to do. So, Shelly, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, listeners, you're going to be just blown away by a fantastic young lady and her story, Jenna Fessler, as Shelly had mentioned, a volleyball player at Thomas More University, and now soon to be a coach and a teacher and a broadcaster, so we're going to catch up with her life, and you're going to hear her fascinating story. For Shelly Till, I'm Dave O'Hara, and too much grit to quit. Again, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us, and we love all your comments as well, so please continue that, and thanks for your listenership as always. So, for Too Much Grit to Quit, we'll be back with more in just a few moments. Welcome back into Too Much Grit to Quit. This is Shelly Till. I am alongside my co-host, Dave O'Hara, and we have an amazing guest for you as we've been pumping her up in the in the uh, first segment, but I uh, had an opportunity. I caught this on TV on CBS Sports, uh, the Honda Awards. Uh, what it is is the Collegiate Women's Sports Awards every year. They, they've been doing this for, I think it's 43 years now, um, honors the nation's top NCAA women athletes who display superior athletic skills, leadership, academic excellence, and an eagerness to participate in community service. And this particular young woman won the 2019 Honda Inspiration Award. And I am so impressed with this story. You're going to be blown away. She's going to tell it. I I won't do it justice. But Jenna Fessler is a graduate of Thomas More University in Crestview Hills, Kentucky, has had an outstanding volleyball career as a setter for the Saints. And we'll get into her accolades and and won several awards, one of which was the American Collegiate Athletic Association Setter of the Year. So welcome, Jenna Fessler. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. You know, Jenna, we were talking, as Shelly said, a setter, and I just, uh, reading your story, but also seeing videos on it, and again, congratulations on a very successful college career athletically, but also scholastically, and then also just battling back. What a true test of grit, as Shelly and I talk about on and off the air. But a couple of questions that really sprung to my mind, and we'll get more into detail of what happened to you and what you battled back from. A a simple mosquito bite, as Shelly and I were talking off the air, and just, you know, as being as parents as she is and I am it just really gets your attention but what really caught my attention and made me smile was because from the surface you look like a hitter but uh, you said you wanted to be a setter <laughs> since the third grade and I just thought that's an interesting perspective so you've got to be a giver and you've got to be an assist person obviously in the title of being a setter so what caused you what set you down that path that you just said you know what this is what I'm going to do is set people up I mean that's a fascinating uh, thing to know when you're th- in third grade I'm <laughs> just curious so I, I, my first team, my coach put me in as a setter and I just fell in love with it from there. I really like the, the intelligence part of being a setter. You know, people who don't really watch volleyball, I always tell them it's like the quarterback of the volleyball team. So for a setter, you always have to like know where your teammates are supposed to be. You have to know what offense to run. You have to know what the other team is doing and not just what you're doing in your single position. And so I've always really loved the strategy part of volleyball and I've loved, I've coached volleyball, club volleyball for the past five years. So I've really loved being like the coach on the floor. My coach always told me that I'm kind of like an extension of the coaching staff out on the floor. So I just kind of fell in love with the, the position 
from a really young age. Some of folks are greats. Others have greatness thrust upon them. <laughs> so that's you taking the responsibility. But, um, and again, you, you and Shelly and I will get into what happened to you on that beach in Destin, Florida. So that was the first quick question I had for you. And Shelly, if you want to keep it to volleyball or whatever you want to go, I just I had to ask that. Thanks, Jenna, for the answer. Yeah, no problem. Well, and, and you certainly uh, excelled in, in volleyball and uh, elected to go to Thomas More University, as I mentioned, um, and you were having a stellar freshman season uh, there. And in fact, you it, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were the top setter in the NCAA Division Three as a freshman. Is that correct? Yeah. So I love the country and assist per set. That's pretty good. As yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty amazing. And then your so- sophomore season comes along, um, do extremely well. And then was it after your sophomore season that your family was on vacation in Destin, Florida, correct? Yeah, so I completed my sophomore season, and then my I finished my sophomore year of school in the summer right before my junior season started was the summer that we went to Florida and I got sick. Okay, so I, I just – this really hit me to the core because lit, the summer before that – in fact, I went back and had to pull up my pictures to verify when – because I was on a family vacation in Destin, Florida, on the beaches in that – exact same location as you one summer prior exact same time of the year even wow. so that was just so eerie to me and I had my son with me at the time who was just entering his senior year in high school um, who, who is now a collegiate athlete he plays basketball and it just I put myself there I went there for a minute and thought holy cow that could have happened to my son Riley yeah and the devastation because you go from being the highest of highs you have two great years as a setter and academically and you know things are going really well and you're doing something your family has done every summer for several years at a family reunion and then just take us through uh what happened and what occurred while you were there but more importantly as you left there and and that 12-hour ride home and the events that unfolded over a it was about a month after that, correct? Yeah, it was about a month, uh, probably two months, where once we figured everything out and I was able to recover. But we, so we go to Destin every summer. I had been every summer I, since I can remember. I think my family had been going since before I was even born. So to me, it just seemed like another family vacation. Unfortunately, my mom wasn't able to make it, so I actually went down with my aunt and uncle. But we were just went down it was a normal vacation and um it was the last week of july so on the way home i just started feeling a little nauseous which was i i just kind of blamed it on car sickness you know you're in the car for 12 hours but i maybe i'm car sick i never really got car sick but i didn't feel like anything else was wrong so so maybe i'm just a little car sick and so we get home and I originally at the time I was an athletic training major at Thomas More. So we were getting ready to start um, like our athletic training class, like not classes, but we had um, this like training program before we actually started working with the athletes in the, in the pro in the sports department. So I, uh, as soon as I got back from Destin, I started my like athletic training camp. And um, a couple of days into that, I started to feel a lot of pain in my lower back. And at athletic training camp, we were lifting a lot of heavy objects, uh, spine boards and like football equipment and all things like that. So I thought maybe I pinched a nerve in my lower back, just bending over, picking something up. So then I 
it continued to get worse and worse and worse. And I'm not, the, I'm kind of the type of person that just wants to fight through some, something. I don't really feel like I need to tell someone. So I didn't tell anyone at first. It was also right before volleyball season had, was about to start. We were about to start our preseason training. So I, again, didn't want to tell anyone because I wanted to be able to play. I didn't want it to be anything serious. But it eventually got to the point where it was like sending uh, muscle spasms down my down my legs. So my, my legs and my the muscles in my legs started to spasm and the pain in my back just became so unbearable. I couldn't I couldn't even sleep. So I eventually I told my mom and my mom said, you need to go tell the trainers at school. So I went to our head athletic trainer, Teresa Behan, and I told her I walked into her office and I just broke down because I was so ready for volleyball season to start. And then I have this what I thought was just a back issue. And I told her I told her what was going on and she sent me immediately to the team doctor. And at first, because that was my only symptom at that point, he diagnosed me with a pinched nerve in my lower back. So they gave me um, a steroid and just kind of sent me on my way. And I, it just kept getting worse. So the nausea came back. I was still having a lot of pain in my lower back and the muscle spasms in my legs. And then I started to get these really horrible migraines, migraines to the point where I couldn't even get out of bed. So Jenna, were you practicing at this point? Did you start practice? Okay. Uh, The team had started, but I was not going. So I was staying at home, um, just laying in bed pretty much all day long. So at what point did the doctors start to, uh, or, or, well, let's, let's, maybe fast forward just a little bit to the point where the day that you were at home and that because we saw this it was so emotional your mom um saying that she had you sleep in her bed it got to that point and like dave said earlier as parents we understand that when you're a parent knows their child better than anybody and so kudos to your mother for standing up for you and and not Mm -hmm. accepting the original diagnoses that you kept getting. She just knew something was wrong with you. And, and uh, take us to that night where she had you in her bed and that's when it, it really escalated. So I had actually had a stay in the hospital before that situation happened. So um, I had the first, I went to my doctor after I started all, feeling all these symptoms. I went to my doctor and they sent me to the hospital the hospital said you just have a migraine so they sent me home the same day and then a couple of days later we called the doctor and the doctor said they never should have sent you home from the hospital so mm. basically we went back to the hospital for about a four-day visit and they were doing all kinds of blood tests and things on me uh, because they had no idea what was wrong so they eventually they did mris cat scans everything so eventually four days later they sent me home but with nothing. They had I, they had no diagnosis. I had no medication. They didn't tell me to take it oh, easy. They gave so me nothing. Frustrating. Wow. So about a couple of days after I left the hospital, the first time they finally figured out you had, you had West Nile virus, um, meningitis and encephalitis. So, but they didn't, they still didn't tell me like, you need to take this medication. You can't do physical activity. You can't do this and this. So I was going to school at this point. I was going to my classes and I was going to volleyball practice, not participating, but just sitting and hanging out with the team and helping at practice. So this is when I started to feel it. When I first came home, I was okay. And then progressively, I just started to get worse and worse and worse and worse, like worse than I was the first time. And that's when I had the incident where 
I got home from school and I told my mom, I'm just going to go lay down and take a nap as soon as I got home from school. And then that was the night where she said that she, you know, tapped me to see if I was okay. And I didn't, I didn't even recognize her. My brain was going Mm. through so much Mm. trauma Mm. that when she went to wake me up, I, she said I looked right through her because I, I didn't recognize her. So that's when they called uh, the ambulance to get me to the hospital. And that's the, that was the start of the coma state. You know, and when your mom had said that in the interview that you looked right through her, and again, as I'd said earlier, and Shelly reiterated, and we were just talking off the air with you as well as as a parent, but and and the interesting or this just a completely fascinating thing is you're oblivious to all this, obviously, because again, you didn't recognize your mom, and so um, and you had been you had said before in other interviews that you didn't even you know know what was going on, so you were basically in a coma state for roughly five days. Is that correct? Correct. So- yeah. From the last thing that I remember that day is coming home from school. Man. I don't remember the whole incident with my mom. I don't remember at all the ride in the ambulance. I don't remember being in the hospital that night. I have no recollection of any of those events taking place. Most of this is just through things my mom has told me. Well, and, and you we know, should... yeah, we talk about the doctor as well. And before I get to that, I want to let everybody know you're listening to Too Much Grit to Quit. I am Dave O'Hara alongside my uh, friend and co-host Shelly Till. And we are pleased to have uh, Jenna Fessler telling her story uh, with us today. It's uh, pleased that she is a wonderful person, but a tough story to get through. But uh, now we get to the point of, you know, of getting better. But all the conversations with the doctors, too, of your young age and also with you being in great shape, being a volleyball player again at Thomas More University and and, uh, you know, leading the nation in assists and in setting. And uh, I'll tell you, after two years of, you know, as you mentioned, two years of playing and you're looking forward to it, but you're barely getting through school. So in the last couple minutes we have with this segment, I'm going to throw out a quick question to you and then have Shelly follow up and then we'll take a break and come back with more listeners just so you know. Please subscribe, review us, and also rate us. We love your feedback. But, you know, Jenna, for you, uh, what type of, and I don't want to fast forward too far ahead, but after this five days, and of course you're not aware it's five days, but as you're coming out of this coma, what what are your first recollections or was there pain that that awakened you or what, what caused you or how did you feel, you know, when you got up? I'm sure everybody was ecstatic, but when you first awakened from this coma, take us through that if you would, please. So when I first woke up, I was, it was just like confusion. I hadn't kind of, I really had no idea what was going on. So I asked my mom, I was like, what day is it? Because I <laughs> wow. had no idea what was happening. And she said Sunday. And I knew that the volleyball team had a turn a Friday, Saturday tournament, the Thomas Moore volleyball team. Wow. And so I asked her, I said, does that mean the volleyball team is played? And she said, yeah. And then told me their results, but <clears throat> wouldn't let me watch any of the games, obviously, because I had just woken up from a coma. But yeah. what I remember the most is like just feeling really tired and weak. My body had been so depleted. My muscles were so depleted. And I remember one thing that was kind of odd was my eyes were kind of cross-eyed when I came out of the coma mm. because my, my brain had been, uh, the swelling in my brain pressed on my optic nerve. So it caused mm. me to lose a bit of my, my vision. Wow. So I couldn't really see well either. So that's what I kind of remember the most of coming out of the whole situation. Well, and Jenny, it, and we should tell the audience this too, as, as I was re- reviewing this, your response to, uh, and, and how difficult this was in terms of what the West Nile and leading to meningitis and encephalitis, which is brain swelling for people that aren't quite sure what encephalitis is. I mean, your brain was, was swollen. That's why you had all these responses to it. But 
less than one percent of people that contract West Nile virus have the complications and and have it as serious as you did. Were you yep. aware of that at the time? I I was aware of it as soon as they finally diagnosed me with West Nile virus. My mom and I, I had never, I mean, I had heard of it, but I had never known anyone that had had it. I didn't really know what it was. You know, I just had heard of some mosquito-borne illnesses, so I kind of knew what it was. Didn't know that it caused meningitis and encephalitis. So once we found out what it was, my mom and I kind of did some research and looked some things up, but I never really realized that it would get to that extent. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and get more into the uh, the, the grit. Uh, unconsciously, you showed some, to Shelley's point with the scientific uh, research, you showed incredible physical grit. Now we got to get into the rest of the story. And uh, wow, just unbelievable uh, what had happened to you and where you are to this point. So we look forward to picking up the story with Too Much Grit to Quit in our next segment. Uh, Shelley Till, my friend and co-host, I'm Dave O'Hara. We have Jenna Fessler joining us. Jenna, um, a uh, nationwide leader uh, back in uh, her playing days and uh, we're going to get into what she's up to today as well and she kind of referenced that a little bit but she was a great volleyball setter and volleyball player at Thomas More University in, in Kentucky and we're going to get back to her story with more of Too Much Grit to Quit in just a few moments. Welcome back to Too Much Grit to Quit. I am Shelley Till along with Dave O'Hara and we are joined by Jenna Fessler, the winner of the 2019 Honda Inspiration Award given by the Collegiate Women's Sports Awards. And as we talked about in the in the earlier segment, Jenna is a phenomenal setter from Thomas More University and uh, had her not only her collegiate volleyball career, but her a- academic career as well, interrupted when she contracted West Nile virus on a family vacation in the summer of 2016. So Jenna, when we left last, uh, you were talking about your stay in the hospital. So let's pick up when you got out of the hospital. I know you had to start doing some rehab and that type of thing, but at what point did you know or did you find out that you were going to have to actually step away and take a year off? I think I finally came to terms with, I kept telling everyone like, no, 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 I'm going to be able to play. I'm going to be able to play. I think I finally came to terms with it once I woke up from the coma and realized, you know, there's no way I'm going to be able to play. The first time I was in the hospital, when I came home, I kind of was like, okay, I'll just, you know, I'll rest a little bit and then I'll be able to play. But when I woke up from the coma, I had, I had come to terms with it and accepted it. Uh, that I was I was not going to play that season. And honestly, I, at that point, I wasn't sure. The doctors really weren't sure if I would ever play again. Wow. Period. So, and, and that had to be a really, I guess my question for you then is that that had to be a shock, obviously, to you because volleyball, as you mentioned, has been your passion since you were eight years old. But at what point can you recall, as you look back in this experience, what was your lowest point mentally? And what was going through your mind at that time? Um, my lowest point mentally was probably when I had felt started to feel better physically. I started to go to some of my team's games and I went um, on an away trip and we were playing our biggest rival in conference. And I just remember during warmups, I just all of a sudden broke down in tears. Mm. I was, I just wanted to play so badly. I just started crying, standing there with my team during warmups. I had to, go like step off into like back by the locker room area because I was just I wanted to play so badly and it was so frustrating to me that I wasn't able to be out on the court with my teammates and help my teammates 
and I just completely broke down. And I think mentally that's probably my lowest point that I reached because I had felt started to feel a little bit better physically. I knew I still couldn't play, but I had I wanted to so badly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so overcome with emotion. And again, at such a young, healthy age, you want to get back at it. So uh, take us through uh, some of the, the teammates. As you mentioned, there were so many people there for you for support. And, and what else, you know, gets you through a situation like that? Because a lot of our listeners in various stages with various events have a similar experience where you've really got to lean on people. Yes, you're an inspiration to everyone else around you. But, you know, we talk about your parents and your coaches and, of course, the doctors and the medical staff. But take us through that a little bit of what got you through that time or some of the things that got you through a lot of it is self uh you know inside you as well but teammates that type of thing take us through some of the support systems that you had or your rocks that really got you through that your anchors right um definitely my parents obviously as we've talked about but i think just being able to once i started to feel better being able to go to practice and be with my teammates Obviously, I wasn't playing, but just to go and be there and be a part of the team and and travel with them a little bit. And all of them made me feel like I was part of the team. I never one time felt left out of anything. I always felt like I was included in, in the team. Um, but definitely having that. And then also my coach, he he knows how important volleyball is to me and he knows how much volleyball means to me. So he definitely made it a point. His office was always open. If there was ever a time, we all, I always just sit in his office and talk volleyball with him. So he would let me come in and do that whenever. He would send me film so I could sit at home and watch film and kind of scout for him. And he would always tell me I was welcome to come on trips or welcome to come to practice or whatever. So I kind of used that to get my volleyball fixed while I wasn't able to play. But that was definitely something that kind of helped me through the, the times where I wasn't able to be out on the court physically. Now, academically, are you still able to, were you still able to, that did take a while, obviously, with brain swelling and encephalitis and meningitis, uh, nothing to mess around with. So uh, time off from school, or were you able to to get back, or what was that process like? Um, You know, we're talking about the physical, but obviously you talked about having brain swelling and and pressing on your optic nerves. So in time, I'm presuming everything uh, came out okay with your vision, and then how did you get back scholastically and academically? Yeah, so everything ended up being okay um, with my vision. I just my uh, eye prescription had gotten a little bit worse, so I had to go get that checked out. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I um, I went back to school uh, just part time though. I only took two classes, and I it was a little bit difficult at first because it was hard for me to like read and concentrate. Mm-hmm. But eventually, that all completely went away, and I was I was able to return to uh, school full-time the next fall. So in fall of 2017, I returned to school full-time and um, was able to, to study and read and write and do my work and do everything that I could do uh, before the incident. Man, that... <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's not, you know, you put it so succinctly, but what a process. And again, if you just tuned in, it's too much grit to quit. I'm Dave O'Hara alongside Shelly Till. We're pleased to have Jenna Fessler joining us today, telling a miraculous story as, you know, we're using the term 1% and talking about uh, the science and, and uh, the medicine behind what you went through. But uh, when we take a look at scholastically in volleyball, I know Shelly, uh, we're going to get into uh, what Jenna's up to today, but uh, just wanted to reframe and let you listeners know, please, again, thank you for your 
your feedback, and please continue to let Shelly know. Uh, Shelly and I know uh, if you have any guest suggestions, thoughts, uh, comments, good or bad, we want to hear them all. So please uh, remember to subscribe, review, and uh, rate us. Also, uh, like or share any comments. We'd love to hear them. Jenna, um, so much of what we do, the reason that we are driven with this podcast is to bring people on, and I refer to it as to share your unsugar-coated story of adversity, because a lot of times we just see people's highlight reel, right? Right. And so in developing what I like to call the grit muscle, um, it, it's more than just pull yourself up by the brute, bro- bootstraps and grit your teeth and get after it. It's a process that we have to go through when, when we come out of our lowest of lows. And one of the things that I have seen consistently across the board for people that have adversity and come out of it is the role that their purpose plays for them in their recovery, that purpose that's bigger than yourself. And so if you could tell us what role your purpose played in your recovery and then some specific things that you did I know you worked your butt off physically in the weight room and and to get back conditioning-wise, but what other things did you have to do mentally and emotionally to heal? I think mentally and emotionally, it was, for me, part of just I wanted to be out on the court so badly, and I knew that if I worked worked hard enough that I would be able to. Once I was given the clear by the doctor, um, he told me, you know, "You're, you're healed. We still need to monitor you just in case when you start to do physical activity, anything, um, anything goes wrong, but you're cleared to go. I think at that point it was just, I wasn't satisfied where my career ended after my sophomore year. And I knew I still had so much more that I could achieve and that I wanted to achieve um, personally. And especially with my teammates that I, I wasn't satisfied and I, I wanted so badly to play again. Volleyball had for, since I was eight had been the thing that I was most passionate about. It's the place where I felt most at home, the place where I felt most comfortable. I could talk about volleyball for hours. It's just the one thing that I had that I could always rely on, and I just wasn't ready to give that up. Yeah, and you're a competitor, so of course you want to get back on the court. So, uh, And your teammates, as you mentioned, the love and affinity you had for your teammates and your family. And just uh, for yourself, what you wanted to prove to yourself, i got to believe, again, we talk about the external, but i got to believe that's a lot. As Shelly had mentioned, yeah, you worked your tail off uh, physically, but this has got to be a mental process besides academically. Now you've got to you know, not question yourself, but now you've really got to prove to yourself, hey, can I make this happen? And so I'd like to hear we'd like to hear a little bit more about that process too of I'm sure you had a lot of conversations internally you know with yourself of here's what I need to do and I'm getting back or just constant little uh, notations or quotes that you gave yourself motivationally to get back into it yeah a lot of times you know as I said on the um, collegiate women's sports awards the broadcast you know there were a lot of times where I'm sitting there like why is this happening to me Mm -hmm. I was a perfectly healthy college kid why is this happening to me there would be hard days that were much harder than other days where you just completely want to quit is it even worth it to Mm -hmm. go through all of this and I think it's just kind of volleyball was the one thing in my life that had always been a constant and you know you got to tell yourself the day you step back out on that court it's going to be worth it that first game back you're going to feel all these emotions and all the things that you've been through all the work that you've put in it's going to be worth it to to step back out onto that court again and that's just what you have to remind yourself over and over again that it is worth it and there are going to be 
days that are harder than others. There's going to be days where you're going to want to give up, but the feeling that you feel when you get to play again and when you get to, to step back out on that court, when you get to put the jersey on again, it's it's all 100% worth it. And that, fe- love- yeah, that feeling was what? Your mom talked about it, you talked about it, but share that with our listeners. Getting back to practice is one thing and getting over that hurdle, but take us through that first game back, putting on, as you said, putting on a uniform, introductions, hitting that first serve, setting that first set. Take us through that, what that meant to your, besides your family, but also yourself but and your parents and coach, or your uh, teammates and coaches. So for me, the first game back, I think, was really emotional. Obviously, I was super excited to be back out onto the court. But throughout the first game and the first weekend of the of the season, our first tournament, I started to get really frustrated because uh, that's when I realized that physically my body wasn't completely back mm. to the way it was before. Right. It had been – I had my, the last game I played would have been in November of 2015 – and then the, my first game back was in August of 2017. So it had been so long since I had played volleyball that my body wasn't used to and wasn't physically back to being an athlete on the volleyball court. And I think that first weekend, you know, I was hoping to just go in and be the same player I was before. But I that's when I realized, you know, I still have a lot of work to do to get back to the form I was before. So throughout that season, I think it was just kind of the grind and working that out and trying to trying to get my feel back and my touch back for volleyball. And I think it finally took until probably our conference tournament, um, the end of the season to finally feel like, you know what, it's back. I'm back. I feel 100%. Um, I remember that match specifically just because it was a really good match against one of our conference rivals. And uh, my mom came down onto the floor after we won and she was just sobbing mm-hmm. and she gave me a big hug and she just <laughs> said, I never thought we'd be here. That's great. Because a year ago, we, you know, we didn't know if I was going to live. And I just remember that game specifically because it was really emotional. It felt like I'd finally achieved something again after being sick and going through that whole traumatic experience. Well, and your mom was, as I mentioned in the, the, you know, watching that video of her and she used the words panic and fear because there you are as a mother, as a parent looking at your child, you think you're going to die. You have no control over what's going on and no explanation as to why. So I can certainly appreciate her emotion seeing you finally get back out there. And so uh, there was a, you know, you talked about having that visual, that mental picture and feeling the feeling that you were going to feel again once you got back out on that court. And the other thing I love about your story, Jenna, is you took a situation that was um, set you back and, and was traumatic, but then you turned around and, fought, and found the light in it. And you said in an interview that if, if it hadn't been for this experience, you wouldn't have been able to play on that 2018 team, what ended up being your actual senior season. And you guys made a sweet 16 appearance. So uh, just if you can express or explain the emotion that you felt when you finally did get back healthy, a hundred percent physically, mentally, emotionally, and you were able to experience that with your team. Yeah, I think 100% physically, mentally, and emotionally was definitely this past season, my senior season. I think that's where I felt like I was, um, physically able to jump high enough again and able to set well enough again. And um, and then mentally and emotionally, I just felt like I had finally, you know, put that first season back behind me. I had put the whole situation behind me and I was just ready to go out there and compete and enjoy like the last ride I had. And I think after the, the whole situation, you know, not knowing if I was ever going to play volleyball again, I think 
my senior year, especially every time I stepped out onto that court, I just really soaked it in and appreciated it um, because I couldn't take it for granted. It was the last time I was ever going to play. So I just really wanted to enjoy that whole season. And again, like you said, if I wouldn't have gotten sick, I wouldn't have gotten to play that season. And that's the 2018 season was the best volleyball year I had ever had not because of me person, my personal statistics, but because of all of the amazing things the team achieved. Um, we ended up beating the at one point the number one team in the country who was uh, undefeated up until we played them. We ended up beating them on their home floor in a five-set match. And I will forever look back on that match as my favorite favorite I've ever played. And I wouldn't have ever experienced that if the whole uh, West Nile situation ever happened. Obviously, I wouldn't want to go through that again <laughs> right? right. Yeah. and all of that. But yeah, there are definitely positives that you can spin out of such a negative situation. Well, Jenna, but as we Jenny, roll into the last segment or last couple of minutes, uh, uh, Shelly has our closing question, but I've got one more quick question. And uh, again, I greatly appreciate you going extra time with us. Uh, and as I said to you guys uh, during the break, to you and uh, Shelly, uh, Jenna, I said, gosh, time is going so quickly. Unfortunately, one of, uh, some of us <laughs> has to keep the time, and I hate to cut you short, but <laughs> we've got a, a couple minutes left here. And I wanted to ask you uh, to please update our listeners what you're up to today. And then Shelly has our usual closing question. So I would ask you, uh, how's it going today? What's happening today? And uh, uh, enough has happened to you but uh we're curious as to what today brings for you every day jenna yeah so i recently just graduated from thomas moore um with congratulations my in, that's awesome thank you mm-hmm. thank you i got my degree in sports and entertainment marketing so i uh, want to work in sports but i also just finished coaching my fifth year of club volleyball we just wrapped up our season and i accepted a, a high school coaching job at a local high school, Seton High School in hey, Cincinnati. congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So I'll be I guess, sticking with volleyball. I can't get rid of it yet. <laughs> go figure. Um, yeah. And then I'm also going to go back to school to get my master's in sports administration. Wow. Uh, I would, uh, I'd ask you what, yeah, I'd ask you what you do with your free time, but you don't have any. So <laughs> go <laughs> well, ahead. Right now, I'm curious. Oh, right now, I'm on, a little, I'm on a little break between between school and, <laughs> well, you've and coaching it. starting, yeah. so I'm enjoying a little bit of free time right now. <laughs> so, Jenna, as you, sit, as you sit back where you are now and finally get to breathe and, and enjoy some free time, as you look back on this entire experience that you've had through college, what did you learn about yourself? I think I learned that I'm stronger than I ever really knew. You know, I had been through, you know, some situations when I was in grade school and high school. And, you know, I always said that they made me stronger. But going through something like this, realizing that there's really nothing that can stop me. Um, I never, you know, there were a lot of times where I questioned, like, why am I doing this? Why am I, mm-hmm. why is this happening to me? But I think I realized, you know, like, you we really, it's really up to us. You know, it was up to me if I wanted to get back out on the court and I had to be strong to get through that whole situation. And, you know, I kept telling myself, this wasn't going to beat me. I wasn't going to let a little mosquito stop me from doing what I loved. And I think I just realized how strong I actually am. Obviously it required me to have my parents, my mom and my dad and my teammates and my best friends and Mm -hmm. everyone by my side. I think I also realized not necessarily about myself, but how important it is to surround yourself with mm-hmm. really great people because they were the ones that pushed me and they were the ones that truly inspired me to get back out onto the court. I said on well, the you... broadcast, 
the award might say my name on it, but I, it's something that I want to share with my teammates, my coaches and my parents and my family and everyone who helped me get to the point that I am today. So. Well, you hit the nail on the head uh, in terms of how the, the recipe for building grip muscle and it's, it's exactly what you've done. You had a vision, you had a purpose and a passion that was bigger than yourself and you had a support system around you that you knew you could rely on. And yeah, you had to do the work, but uh, that's a lot easier uh, to do when you have those people like your parents and your teammates and your coaches. So uh, our hats are off to them as well. And I would ask you who you think of when you hear the word grit, but I'm just going to answer that for you because we think of you. <laughs> yes. So well, I, will you. Just, I will just ask you, if you could, what does the word grit mean to you? I think it, it just means, you know, working through all of the obstacles and all of the hard times. Obviously, everyone faces them. Some people have more difficult things to face than others, but that doesn't lessen anybody's fight you know you have really hard days you have really bad days but I think grit is working through the really hard days to just enjoy the good days wow I can't improve yeah same thing here Shelly I can't improve upon anything either one of you just said except to say we got to catch up with you again, uh, Jenna, because time goes so quickly. And like I said, I, we get caught up in listening uh, and, and living through your story with you. So first of all, as we always say, thank you so much for you know being so vulnerable and sharing your story with us. And I, I got to tell you, I think a lot of people can relate. I sure can. And what you just said about I'm not going to let some little mosquito beat me. But boy, that little bugger sure uh, put a put a wallop. Uh, but you're back on the other side and, and uh, you know, you won. So that that is just awesome stuff. So Jenna, Shelly and I from Shelly and I and the rest of our listeners, thank you so very much, and we look forward to catching up with you very soon. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. I Thanks, enjoy, Jenna. At congrats. this point, I enjoy sharing my story. Thank oh, you, guys. Oh, you're very welcome. And, again, congratulations uh, from both of us, as we said earlier. And, uh, boy, look out future. Look out school kids because Jenna's coaching <laughs> and teaching. So here we go. But for Shelly Till, I'm Dave O'Hara. And to Jenna Fessler, too much grit to quit. That's all from us. Thanks to all of you. Thank you. This is Too Much Grit to Quit. Sports personalities Shelly Till and Dave O'Hara bring you non-sugar-coated stories of the famous, not-so-famous, and everyday hometown heroes who have overcome adversity and incredible challenges to achieve success. Too Much Grit to Quit. Discover the key to unlock the chains that keep you from achieving your dreams. Please subscribe, like, share, and download today.